And now, cutting through your typical media nonsense and offering you a rational and unbiased perspective on current events and life in Tampa Bay. He's a successful entrepreneur, published author, top listing agent, a real estate and finance expert that goes to bat for you every day as a consumer advocate. Your host and the consumer quarterback, Brandon Rhymes. And yes, here we are again, another day committed to being your consumer advocate, all about helping you understand your buying decisions, making you more street smart here on the Consumer Quarterback Show. Thanks for spending some time with us here on the program. We love to help you win in any marketplace. And when we talk about any marketplace, we're talking about, you know, 80 different categories of consumer advocate content and advice right here on the Consumer Quarterback Show. We bring on and interview all types of great local business owners, attorneys, CPAs, financial advisors, tech experts, student loan credit experts experts and more uh, here on the show. Save our hotline number at some point. You may need it. 813-917-1894. You, used to call me on my cell you can call or text that line. It's an off-air number. 813-917-1894. ConsumerQB.com is our website. You can see links there to all of our expert contributors, uh, the finest folks in all of Tampa Bay and the Gulf Coast region that we've assembled, we vetted, and we bring them on as a great uh, contribution to help you save time and money uh, when it comes to your buying decisions here in Tampa Bay. Uh, we got a great lineup for you today. Tech expert Nate Ginter on the program, Chief Technology Officer with Vine IT. He's going to talk about uh, the Ukraine war and, and how New York City's on ultra high alert amid increase of Russian retaliatory cyber attacks. Uh, interesting stuff coming up from Nate, our tech expert. And we got attorney Millie Athanason joining us as well. Law offices of Millicent Athanason. Uh, family law is going to be the topic today. Going to talk about holiday visitation when dealing with divorces. Uh, on the program. And we like to feature our real estate listings. We help our sellers profit more and sell faster, utilizing our innovation with radio, TV, and internet marketing. And as you know, I'm a top 1% ranked real estate team here in Tampa Bay. Uh, out of 25,000 realtors, we're in the top 1%. Keller Williams Sports and Entertainment Division, Luxury Division, and Commercial Division as well. And we like to feature our listings. So we got a hot property here at 4823 Ebtide Lane, number 405. You got a penthouse available right here on the fourth floor overlooking the beautiful Gulf of Mexico. Check out that balcony view, 30 by 25 feet view uh, balcony. Uh, you've got a one bedroom, two bath property easily converted back to a two bedroom uh, uh, penthouse here, 1,100 square feet. 270-degree views uh, from your three uh, different balconies as well. you got a balcony off the uh, master bedroom, the living room, and uh, the other uh, bedroom as well. Uh, Cody River right here in Tampa Bay. Brand-new flooring, fresh paint, covered parking, pool, elevator. you got a marina next door. So many upgrades to list. 4823 Ebtide Lane, number 405. Got a penthouse for sale. And you can see all of our real estate listings at PlatinumMVPTeam.KW.com. This is God's country. And let's give a shout out to our friends over at Veteran Gutters. Brandon Porter and his team, they do a great job at Veteran Gutters. Let them know the real estate quarterback sent you when you call. American-made product. He is a veteran. Served our great country. Veteran Gutters, Brandon Porter and his team do a great job with all of our real estate properties. Make sure you let them know the real estate quarterback sent you. All right, let's go to the phone lines here. we got attorney Millie Athanason, law offices of Millicent Athanason, back on the program. Hey, Millie. 
Hey there, Brandon. How's everything going today? Oh, wonderful. Just blessed and highly favored and uh, real excited about uh, our topic today. Uh, Interesting family law. A lot of questions uh, people have, a lot of misnomers in that space. Absolutely. I, I, I thought we would talk today a little bit about holiday visits just simply because spring break is coming up and a lot of confusion sometimes occurs. And I know that this is a period of time along with the Christmas holiday where I get a lot of phone calls about people having difficulties with determining where the children are going to go during the spring break period. So I thought that might be a nice topic to touch on. Yes, um, a I lot like it. Of, yeah, so a lot of times when, when people are getting divorced or if they're filing a paternity action for people that were not ever married, typically when we resolve that case, the parties have to have what's called a parenting plan. And in that parenting plan, it sets forth in writing and it's approved by the judge how the parties are going to split up not only their regular visitation, whether it's every other weekend or however they're going to do it, but it also is to address holiday visits and summer visits. Because both holiday visits and summer visits are what we call extended or non-regular visits because the children have an extended period of time off from school so they can have time to spend with with the parents without any threat of having to do schoolwork and and stuff like that. And so if you have a parenting plan, that's great. You can refer to the parenting plan, but understand that the law in Florida wants parents to be flexible. So what that means in English is that we're going to use the parenting plan as kind of like the floor. So if there's some request, for something different than what's in the parenting plan, the parties should try to work together. But if they're unable to reach an agreement, then we go back to the terms of the parenting plan. And that's kind of like the floor of what we're going to use. Now, for those parties out there as th- that are not divorced or haven't filed a paternity action or they don't have a parenting plan, but they may be separated or living apart, what do we do? How, how do you divide it up? Right. The, the most typical way that people do it is to alternate spring break. So what that means is that one year you're going to get the children for spring break and, and the next year the other spouse is going to get the children for spring break. And the spring break is typically in Florida. It, it, it starts from the time the children get out of school on that Friday for spring break, and it extends through the Sunday prior to the children going back to school. So typically, it's about a 10-day period of time. That's the encompassing spring break. Some parents opt to do it just for the spring break of the time off from school itself. In other words, the Monday through Friday, because if they have regular visitation, they don't want to mess up their scheduled weekends if they're on an every other weekend schedule. So it depends on how the spring break is defined by the party. Okay. Right. So that, I know it sounds rather convoluted, but people do get very upset because they'll call and say, well, do I get this weekend or does he get that weekend or does she get that weekend? Who's, who's, where are the kids supposed to be? Right. So <laughs> that, that becomes kind of a, an issue. 
And I always encourage the parents to be flexible because, let's face it, the kids are not in school. So maybe one parent wants to to go away on a vacation or take a cruise with the kids or do something during the spring break. Obviously, if if they're doing something fun, isn't that a benefit to the children? And do we want to treat the children like a commodity or do we want to treat them as small humans? And I, I think that the, the better practice or what's encouraged by the courts is for the parents to be flexible for the benefit of the minor children. So if, if one parent wants to do something and it's not technically per the written papers, you know, what they're, what they're supposed to be doing, but it's something that can be effectuated, that the other parents should have a little consideration and flexibility and give that parent the option to have a little bit of extra time with the children, maybe making up the time at some other time during the summer or something like that. The, the idea that the courts want you to understand is that children are not property. They're not chattel. They're people. And you need to treat them accordingly. Believe it or not, children have a high degree of stress when it comes to figuring out, well, where am I going this weekend? And oh, where yeah. am I going? Big time. <laughs> where am I going? Yeah, I mean, yep. think about it. If you're a kid, you're not in control of these decisions. Yeah. And if you can, and as parents too, uh, if you can make it into a situation where you're flexible and something does come up, and then you have a scenario where the kids are, uh, you know, maybe they have a certain type of a friend group at one house, and the other house is a different friend group. You know, the more that you can play to those different types of, you know, major, call it like a major event, a big, a big time you know, birthday party that the kid doesn't want to miss or whatever, something along those lines, the more that you can have a, a relationship with the divorced parent, you know, your, your former, uh, you know, uh, parent, you know, loved one, you know, your, your ex wife or whatever it is, the, the better mm-hmm. you can do for the children. I mean, that's the key, right? It, it really is. And that's really where the focus needs to be. And I think you raised a really good point, Brandon, because what you're saying is like, look, the children have interests too that they want to participate in on their time off from school. And and I think that's a very well-made point because like you said, they do have friends. They have parties that they may, a birthday party that they want to go to, or, you know, this friend's parents invited them to tag along on a day trip to Disney and they want to go too, or, or something like that. We, we, we want the children to be able to live their lives without fear that one parent's going to be upset. And, and, and what happens a lot of times is when the children, let's say, want to go to a birthday party and one parent asks the ex, oh, can little Johnny um, stay with me this weekend because he wants to go to, to Susie's birthday party? A lot of times the other parent will say, oh, yeah, that's just a ruse for, for her to have the children for extra time. And, and that isn't always the situation. Many times it's just what the request is. And it's a request from, you know, to please the child. Um, the, the other option too, I mean, depending on the, on how far away it is. I mean, it, it may be that the child can attend the birthday party from either parent's house. It depends on how far apart the parents live and what the relationship is between the, the parent and these friends or the parents friends, because you know how it goes. A lot of times when there's a divorce or a breakup, uh, the friends will be friends with one parent, but not necessarily the other parent. Yeah, right. And who pays, who pays 
pays that price? Well, the children do a lot of times, you know? Well, Millie, let's take a break right there if we can, and then uh, we're going to come back. we got another segment with attorney Millie Athanason here on the Consumer Quarterback Show Law Offices. Uh, Millicent Athanason online at uh, athanasonlaw.com, athanasonlaw.com, and we're going to talk more about that. Plus, I've got an interesting story uh, out of Oregon. It's kind of our West Coast neighbors here, but a judge blocks Oregon ban on letters from homeowners. If you've ever been in a competitive bid situation in the real estate industry, You know how that can go. So there's these things called love letters where the buyers will write to the seller a potential letter. And it's meant to evoke emotions and say, hey, my family would love to have this house. Our kids would love to play in that backyard. That swing set is perfect. Find out about what happened with that here. We're going to talk about this judge that blocks Oregon's ban on letters from home buyers on the Consumer Quarterback Show, ConsumerQB.com. Dennis Prager here for Brandon and Lindsey Rhymes, owners of the Platinum MVP team at Keller Williams. Buying, selling, investing in real estate, their nationwide Keller Williams network makes them the best team to work with. Sellers, have your property featured live on air, creating multiple offers. Buyers, leverage a unique system that gets your offer accepted, never overlooked. Call or text 813-750-0550, or ConsumerQB. Selling commercial or residential property? Don't leave money on the table. List with the Platinum MVP team at Keller Williams Realty. I'm Brandon Rimes. Reach me at 813-670-7372 or PlatinumMVPTeam.com. Have you desired more income and more freedom in your life? Now is your time. Keller Williams Realty has just launched our own real estate school, and you can get licensed for free. I'm Brandon Rimes, host of the Consumer Quarterback Show, owner of the Platinum MVP team at Keller Williams Realty. And for the first three people who reach out, I will personally coach you. 813-917-1894. Call or text 813-917-1894. ConsumerQB.com. ConsumerQB.com. You're listening to the Consumer Quarterback, Brandon Rhymes, cutting through your typical media nonsense and offering you a rational and unbiased perspective on current events and life in Tampa Bay. Online at ConsumerQB.com. And we're back, Brandon Rhymes, Consumer Quarterback Show, powered by the Platinum MVP team, Keller Williams Realty. Uh, I've got a hot listing here in Dade City. This is 14121 7th Street in Dade City. This is a restaurant. So attention entrepreneurs, uh, restaurateurs out there. This is a great opportunity to own a restaurant in Dade City. Uh, you got a one-bedroom, one-bath apartment, so you could have on-site management. 14121 7th Street in Dade City, established downtown restaurant, 30 years in business, uh, two dining rooms you've got downstairs dining upstairs banquet as well as a one bedroom one bath apartment sale includes the furniture and equipment perfect entrepreneurial investment plenty of parking as well and you can see all of our real estate listings at platinum mvp team dot kw.com All right, so we've got attorney Millie Athanason here on the Consumer Quarterback Show, Law Offices of Millicent Athanason. And uh, Millie, I kind of teased this before the break. I want to jump into this, and we'll go back into the family law. Uh, you were talking about family law and hol- holiday visitation and parenting plans, um, and you can help people with uh, different types of law. We'll go over that as well. But this is interesting. So a judge blocks Oregon ban on letters from home buyers, and uh, it's out of Portland, and it says a federal judge last week issued a preliminary injunction blocking Oregon 
Republicans ban on so-called real estate love letters, uh, nicknamed for personal notes from the prospective home buyers to the home sellers. And in the uh, court district, uh, he says that the law violates First Amendment constitution by restricting free speech too broadly. Uh, and so they reported that. And then the cons- the conservative specifically filed lawsuit in the district court based on total real estate group, uh, alleging that forbidding the letters violated first rights. So first uh Amendment rights and the letters often write to appeal to the seller to accept less uh, potentially less competitive offer or I you know I don't even know if that's accurate it's really any offer uh, doesn't mean uh, necessarily mean that it's a less competitive offer there's multiple offers they're just trying to get their offer accepted uh, you know and and so the situation is uh, it's a major victory for free free speech and economic opportunity they're saying uh, the Pacific leave and the, the Americans from government. Overreach and abuse, say a defense from overreach. And uh, yeah, I agree with that. I think, I think, you know, hey, people can write letters. They can say what they want to say about the home and uh, may the best offer win. I mean, that's what capitalism is about. That's what open markets are about, free and open markets. Uh, but, anyways, uh, 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 Millie, uh, interesting story out of uh, the West Coast there. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. And uh, I mean, it does kind of serve what, what our Constitution does say about free speech. And, you know, we hear this a lot nowadays where there's many offers that come in on a, on a home. And I know a lot of times that families that are getting traditional financing are often competing with cash buyers and investors. And so yes. doesn't that create the bidding war on the on the homes a lot of times? That's a great point. Yeah, that's a great point you brought up because you have, you know, I just mentioned this in yesterday's show. Now you got these BlackRock, Blackstone, these big corporations getting preferential treatment from the federal government because of their ESG scores. And, uh, you know, it's a bunny trail I could go down, but I won't. Uh, but yeah, so they're beating out these veterans, these first time buyers, people that are financing, trying to get into a home. And, you know, you got these these institutional buyers throwing around cash. And it's not, you know, it's the American dream. It could be determined. Uh, or you know, deciphered it in a lot of different ways from different people. Some say it's home ownership. Some say it's the right to own your own business, to to write your own uh, future. You know, to write your own check, out, so to speak. But a lot of that is, I believe, the American dream is is that home ownership. So, uh, unfortunately, these big institutions sometimes kill that dream for too many veterans and first time buyers. Well, absolutely, and and it's about. I mean, it's really up to the seller who they want to sell their home to. Uh, they, they can accept or reject any contract that they want to. So if somebody's able to write to them and appeal to them and, and the seller feels that this family is going to be a good fit for the house, why not? Right. Exactly. Yep. So, yeah, government overreach avoided out in Oregon. Thank goodness. Well, at least who knows, maybe it could get appealed, overturned. But let's go back to what you're talking about, Millie. Uh, yeah. Family law, divorce law, uh, divorce yeah. situations. What are some of the other misnomers or, or maybe, you know, pick up where you left off there? Yeah, absolutely. You know, so, so my point is, is that, you know, really let's listen to the children, first of all, as to what's going on in their lives. And that doesn't mean that they dictate what goes on in your home. But it means that you're you're listening to them and taking their concerns and their desires to spend time with friends into consideration when you're discussing time sharing. The other thing that I want to reiterate, again, is to be flexible in scheduling, even though the paper says, OK, I get this and you get that. Um, yeah. Be flexible when it comes to that because of the needs of the children and because maybe parent has extra 
extra time off from work and they have time to spend with that child as opposed to the to- the, the child or children sitting home playing video games or something. Yeah, because um, I can guarantee you it's going to it's going to at some point it's going to flip the other way. They're going to have a surprise <laughs> visit from your mother and mother or whoever it is and you're going to really want them in town because their cousins are in town. So if you can be, you know, kind of like that golden rule, right? You know, be flexible, listen to the children and try to get along. Oh, absolutely. And and like you said, treat others the way that you want to be treated. I mean, not only is it a life lesson, but it's something that the way that you're handling it, you're teaching your kids how to handle a conflict right. when they get older and, and have relationships of their own. So the way that you model yourself and fashion your own behavior, I think, is, is going to be demonstrated to the children. And that's how they're going to learn to deal and cope with these issues when they get older. So you know, you need to, right. to kind of take that into consideration. But, you know, the main thing is, is as I said, to be flexible. As I said, the main, usually most people alternate the spring break, but there's a number of families that just split the spring break down the middle and say, okay, well, I'm going to get the first half that's attached to my regular weekend and you're going to get the second half that's attached to your weekend. So that's another way to do it. Um, I've seen other families do it in different ways, but but I always encourage families to do what works for them because everybody has different ways of celebrating. For example, not every year, but many years, spring break is attached to Easter. And so uh, this year, I mean, Easter isn't until next month, but, you know, in, in many instances it is. So if, if one family does or has a big religious thing on Good Friday and the other side of the family does Easter Sunday, you know, be flexible with that. Don't, don't become rigid on day counting. I, I don't think that does anybody any good. Yeah. Um, pe- people have a, 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 how do I say, a big hesitancy sometimes to compromise because they know that in Florida that child support is determined in part by the number of overnights that each child or each parent has with the child or the children. But understand that the the means or the cutoff for a discount in child support is at 20% of the overnight. So that would be roughly about 73 overnight. So my point being is that basically any parent that has a pulse for the most part is going to get at least 20% of the overnight per year and is going to get some form of a discount on the child support. So I wouldn't be so caught up on to the exact number of overnight. And I mean, you giving up one extra day this year or two extra days or three extra days really isn't going to have any bearing on your overall child support number um, because we've already established that this is your time. You're just simply being flexible in accommodating the needs of the other parent. Usually the courts are more concerned as to what's going to happen on a routine and steady basis. For example, if there's a parent that, that has the children every other weekend and doesn't exercise that right of time sharing, that's when there could be a change made to the, the child support obligation, not so much because you've been flexible on this particular occasion. So I, I right. kind of want to... We're coming out of, we're running out of time here. Millie Athanason, yeah. Law Offices of Millicent Athanason, athanasonlaw.com. How do you want folks to find you? 
Yes. So uh, it's one eight three three ask Millie or seven two seven three seven six ninety one hundred or go to asanasonlaw.com and follow the prompts and we can set you up for an appointment. Excellent. 833-ASK-MILLIE. Millie Athanason Law Offices of Millicent Athanason here in Tampa Bay. And thanks so much, Millie. We appreciate you. All right. Thank you for having me. Take care. My pleasure. All right. Coming right back with Nate Ginter, Chief Technology Officer, Vine IT. We're going to talk about Russian retaliatory cyber cyber attacks that could happen. Uh, Samsung has a, a huge cyber attack. And a flying car just got certified as airworthy to fly. We'll be right back. This is Chris Voss, former FBI lead hostage negotiator and owner of the Black Swan Group. And you're listening to Consumer Quarterback Show, hosted by my friend Brandon Rice. To get in touch with Brandon, call 813-917-1894, online at ConsumerQB.com. Listening to the Consumer Quarterback, Brandon Rhymes, online at consumerqb.com. Brandon is Tampa Bay's number one consumer advocate for real estate and financial advice. Call Brandon today at 813-917-1894. And we're back, Brandon Rhymes here, Consumer Quarterback Show, Keller Williams Sports and Entertainment. Division, uh, realtor here, luxury division, commercial real estate as well, vacant land, anything you have to sell, we'd love to help you with that. We maximize the exposure as well for you uh, through multiple outlets. Well, we got a hot listing here. This is a million-dollar listing of mine at 14626 Loridon Drive in Seminole, Florida. Beautiful property. Uh, what you've got here is two bedrooms, three bath, 1330 square feet, double master layout, waterfront dock home on a peninsula. You're on the edge here, the, the peninsula. 180 degree views of the intercoastal waterways uh, private dock bring your boat updated kitchen updated home here hoa covers a heated pool tennis courts and more check out 14626 loridon drive number 14 in seminole and you can see all of our real estate listings at platinum mvp team.kw.com We got our friend Nate Ginter in the house, Chief Technology Officer of Vine IT, vineit.com. And Nate, I got to tell you, one of my favorite interviews on the show. I got to tell you, just well, uh, it's you're, a lot of fun. You're one of my top one favorite interviewers. There you go. So, Good. There you go. Okay. All right. So, Ukraine war, you got this. This is interesting. So, New York City on ultra high alert amid increased risk of Russian retaliatory uh, cyber attack, New York mm-hmm. Post. Yeah. So I actually brought in two stories today. We'll get to the second one in a minute, but they're both about potential cyber attacks or, or cyber attacks. And one of the things that, uh, that's interesting about this is the first one is if, if you read through, we've been hearing a lot in the news, you know, with, with the Ukrainian, Russian, uh, what are they calling it? A military action. Right. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, Russia uh, attacking the Ukraine. We're always hearing about Russian hacking and these things. And now, you know, everybody's supposed to be on high alert. Uh, you know, w- one of the things that I try to tell people is, you know, if you're doing things right during a time of increased awareness, 
you have nothing to worry about. Mm. You know, there's basic precautions that you can take for your business. Um, you know, so certainly some of the government infrastructure and things like that. Uh, you know, they're they're more vigilant than usual, but it's not like they're inventing a new technology. Uh, you know, the day that Russia says something, it's about doing the best practices and putting them in place on a daily basis. Yeah, yeah. In, in times of uh, increased exposure, you know, mm. you fall to your greatest. Uh, level of preparation, right? Exactly. And, and the, the interesting thing about the thing about this story, I, I've read about 10 that are like this. Um, this one happened to be off of uh, the New York Post. Uh, there's actually no content in this whatsoever. There, uh, the, they, the guy uh, who's the head of New York's uh, city's uh, cybersecurity came out and said, um, we have seen slight increased activity, but there's no known or significant uh, issues that have arisen. So, uh, in all these stories, like, oh, something could happen. Something could happen. Well, right. something can always happen. That's of always course. a possibility. Yeah, there's a black swan always out there. Somebody, you know, hey, did, did somebody fly into the building? Did we see 9-11 happen? No. Exactly. Did, did you see, uh, you know, there's you can always come up with a black swan, right? Of, of course. And and it's funny to to watch these types of stories come through because also I think the, the Russian cyber people have uh, some other concerns currently. Yeah, there's, uh, some, going there's on. some stuff going on right now. They're, I, they just I'm, got their oil cut off so that's 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 something good so biden finally acted on that day day 12 into this this right (laughs) well you know you you don't want to just cut it right off because uh then things might end too early and you know we need to be a little closer to the election right Uh, (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) the uh the the other thing that that always cracks me up about that is i go i worry more about the russians when they're not busy Uh, when when they're not doing things uh that's when the cyber people uh really have nothing to do but sit around and attack civilian you know targets and and try and gain entry to things so uh you know of of course you know they have to throw that caveat out there of oh everyone's on high alert but in in reality uh for any of the stories that i have read there has been no significant activity right uh that's come out of it so you know if you're if you're worried about you know being hacked by russia uh you know let's let's take care of your business look at those best practices in place all year round so, you know, we don't have to wait for, you know, some sort of issue like this to scare you. <laughs> right. And, and by the way, if you just join us, we're talking with Nate Ginter here, Chief Technology Officer, Vine IT. Another great example of a local area business owner uh, company in, in Tampa Bay. You can support the show by supporting uh, support his business and support the show, of course, simultaneously. But you, you think about uh, these these uh, scenarios that play out, whether you're a homeowner, you know, mm-hmm. you got so many devices in a home. I mean, the average mm-hmm. home probably has, what, five or six at least devices, oh, laptops, pads. iPad, this pad, things that people don't even think about your Alexa's your, uh, you know, I have smart light bulbs in my house, uh, which by the way, when your internet goes out, they turn very dumb. Uh, so you always make sure (laughs) just, if you got a smart light bulb, just flick it off and flick it on again real quick. That'll turn it on by default. So (laughs) if you ever find yourself in that scenario, I remember a story last year that we did too, man, there Mm -hmm. was a story that, uh, hackers went through, it was something to do with the fish tank. So what was that? It, it, that so there was a temperature monitor in a fish tank at a casino and they, oh, yeah. they, they, they actually hacked that, which was absolutely like, that's one of my favorite stories of all time. That's one of the best hacks ever. No, right? no one even thought about the fish tank monitor they were putting in. And <laughs> yeah. I think the casino lost something like $10 million or something Holy in that nature. Cow. It was pretty crazy. Wow. Do you think that IT guy got fired? 
Uh, well, you got a talking to at least. <laughs> yeah, I think a... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, he got a great reset, didn't he? Absolutely. Yeah. So Nate can help you with your business, your home, and, and get you set up there. And you've also heard uh, Mike Thackery on the show, the, his business partner as well. Uh, so I guess we'll move on from that one. We'll mm-hmm. go down to Samsung. So you got Samsung face huge cyber attack. Yes. You could be next as the street. So so this one is potentially a little bit more worrying than Russia, which is which is kind of interesting. So Samsung uh, had a, a cyber cyber attacks, uh, some bad actors got into their network. And so because Samsung makes a lot of different technologies, they've got a lot of different patent information, code from different manufacturers that never sees the light of day, uh, you know, hopefully, because there's, you know, once you have the code for how everything works, it's a lot easier to engineer security hacks. Well, one of the things that got stolen, NVIDIA, you may have heard of them, uh, huge tech stock performer over the last 10 years. They make all the video game hardware for everything from Xboxes to, uh, you know, the, the most popular manufacturer of computer gaming cards for eSports. Oh, okay. Well, their code actually got stolen, and what was in there was actually what they call code signing certificates. Without getting too nerdy, hmm. whenever you download something from the internet, let's say you download a Microsoft update, there's a little piece of code in there that's a certificate that says, hey, I'm safe code. You can install me without worrying about it, and it bypasses antivirus processes and all these things. So they got a hold of that. And if you've bought a computer in the last 10 years, there's probably a 40 to 50% chance you've got an NVIDIA card. In, hmm. in your laptop. So what I tell people is don't panic. If you're, you know, doing a driver update, which sometimes, you know, we all get prompted for updates and things, go through the official Windows update channel or go to NVIDIA.com. Get them from there. There, there shouldn't be anything that uh, pops up on a website that says, hey, come here and get the newest NVIDIA drivers and those things. Do not do anything like that. Uh, that's the delivery method they use. They try to get you to go to a different website hmm. that's hosted by an unscrupulous company. You should be at NVIDIA.com or just do Windows updates to push those through, and you don't have to worry about anything. Okay. Because, yeah, you got to be careful about clicking links, right. spam, phishing, and possible identity theft. It's it's very hard for, for you know even experienced hackers to attack you from the outside. They usually need your help to do anything extremely malicious. Okay. And you know most of the time, it's through offering help or offering something free. Mm. I always say, nothing's free. Nobody wants to help you. <laughs> just, yeah. Exactly. And and go for specifically what you're looking for. Yeah, be careful. All right, so, Nate, next one up. A flying car just got certified as airworthy to fly. Good news network. Yeah, so so I always like to bring in a, a fun piece of technology news because, you know, you're this gloom and doom and, right, oh, no, your yeah. video card might strangle you. Uh, so I wanted to make sure we, we always have something fun. So there is a, uh, a a smart car that actually, just like, you know, we would always imagine from an old sci-fi show, has wings that fold up and into it, yeah. uh, has actually been approved. Now, it, it was approved in Slovakia, so they've got some work to do in America. But they logged over 700 hours of test flights. Wow. They did a 35-minute test flight 200 times back and forth without any issues. Wow. So the, uh, the, this car literally can take off. It needs a, a very short runway. It's only a couple, uh, I believe it's about 1,000 feet or so, which is not much. Uh, and it's able to accelerate quickly. I believe it, I believe the engine is a, a hybrid uh, electric and and, and uh, some sort of combustion fuel currently. Gigawatts or something. Like yeah, well, well yes, yeah, so I have to check with Doc Brown on that. But uh, I know you don't fuel it with garbage. I know that. There you go. But uh, but long story short, this thing, you know, you you can actually fly through the air. You know, short hops. Wow, that is not that's long distance. Cool, man. But uh, it lands and then literally folds up, and you can 
drive away. Wild stuff. That you know? is amazing. The future is here, isn't it? Absolutely. Might might make wow. that little uh, hop across Tampa Bay a little quicker right. someday. Especially, yeah. You know, traffic going out to Clearwater. A lot of people live on Clearwater <laughs> Beach and are like, man, I love living on the beach, but I hate driving in that traffic. Well, you know, the dream is if there's an accident on Howard Franklin, you just hit a button and <laughs> just head upwards. So this one, you do need a runway. Yeah. Yeah. You, you did. It's, it's not yeah. uh, what they call a jump jet, like the Harriers the Navy uses where they're on an aircraft carrier. They just take off vertically. Wow. That's very hard to do, and uh, takes uh, to do a, a vertical takeoff actually takes an incredible amount of fuel and, and pressure. A lot of energy, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, so that's pretty cool, man. So it's, the car got certified to fly, and that's you said that was overseas? It, yeah, it was in Slovakia. Slovakia. Uh, but the, 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 it's actually uh, call, called the Air Car. You know they're they're really hiding the uh, the lead there, and uh, it's by a company called Klein Vision. So wow. they they actually it's not a prototype; it literally works, and uh, they're uh, planning on you know preparing to to mass produce them, which will be interesting. Wow. Who knows what the price tag will be? But yeah, that'll you know. be interesting. You know, it's also cool to see those cars that you just drive right into the water and they turn into a boat. I mean, those oh, are pretty freaking cool too. Man. Those, yeah, and uh, there was the one way they would used to do them with like the little scoop that came out the back, and there was another one that didn't even need it, which were were wild. You know, from the fifties. Yeah. You wonder why some of that stuff, you know, I, I understand mass production and all those things, but boy, there's got to be some rich people that would just love to have something like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> or a ferry service. You That'd can take. be super cool. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, we're talking with uh, Nate Genter here on the Consumer Quarterback Show, Chief Technology Officer at Vine IT. Check him out online, vineit.com. And if you want an introduction as well, you can call or text 813-917-1894. That's the Consumer Advocate Hotline, 813-917-1894. And we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we've got another segment with Nate Ginter here on the show. We're going to talk maybe about some AI. We'll probably mm-hmm. talk a little bit about Metaverse Ooh, and what's metaverse. going on there. And Zuckerberg a little bit, transhumanism. and tear myself away from it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. All right, we'll take a quick break. When we come back right here on the Consumer Quarterback Show, ConsumerQB.com. This is Warwick Dunn, and you're listening to the Real Estate Quarterback Show, hosted by my man, Brandon Ryan. To get in touch with Brandon, call 813-917-1894, online at ConsumerQB.com. Ian Beckles here with my man, Brandon Rimes, a.k.a. the Real Estate Quarterback. Brandon, what's happening with the market? Thanks, Ian. We are in a low inventory market, so any of our listeners are homeowners and would like a free comparable market analysis or a 2.5% listing, we will honor this for the first three listeners who call or text in 813-917-1894. Free CMA and a 2.5% real estate listing. Check out ConsumerQB.com. My name is James DeJerome, and I produce the Consumer Quarterback Show for Brandon Rhymes. The Consumer Quarterback Show is a team, a group of like-minded professionals who partner together to provide our audience sound advice, knowledge, and information to make them wiser consumers. We work with all types of business owners and aggressively promote our local economy. We're currently conducting interviews for our expert contributors. If you own a business or know someone who would benefit from the exposure our show provides, please contact us at 813-750-0550 or online at ConsumerQB.com. You're listening to the Consumer Quarterback, Brandon Rhymes, cutting through your typical media nonsense and offering you a rational and unbiased perspective on current events and life in Tampa Bay. 
online at consumerqb.com. All right, welcome back. Brandon Rimes here, your host of the Consumer Quarterback Show. Also a top 1% ranked real estate team here in Tampa Bay. Out of 25,000 realtors, we rank in the top 1%. We like to feature our real estate listings live on air as well to help our sellers profit more and sell faster, uh, utilizing our innovation with radio, TV, and internet marketing. 12631 Hobson Simmons Road. This is a, an opportunity to build and develop. So attention builders, developers, one of our uh, vacant land listings, commercial type listings, 12631 Hobson Simmons Road. Uh, we've got this property out in Lithia, Florida. Great opportunity to own uh, real estate and develop. 12 acres, you got water, sewer, power, cable available, prime opportunity to build and you can build country estates here in Tampa Bay. Owners willing to now break it down into five-acre or even one-acre parcels. You can see all of our listings at PlatinumMVPTeam.KW.com. This is God's country. All right, we got Nate Ginter in the house, Chief Technology Officer at VineIT.com. Check him out online, VineIT.com. So we got a couple different topics we can go here. I'm going to give you a multiple choice. You can pick go for AI, it. transhumanism, Metaverse or crypto? Which one do you want to go? Let, let's start with metaverse. Metaverse. I'll take okay. metaverse for two hundred, Brandon. Right. Metaverse for two hundred. <laughs> Here we go. So metaverse. It's it's interesting. You know, you people are saying, "Hey, Brandon, you should start a real estate uh, office in the metaverse." I got you know friends in the car business saying they're actually looking into that. Mm-hmm. Well, what's your take on metaverse? So so metaverse and and for for those who are uninitiated, it's it's basically this the concept that we've been hearing since I was a little kid of you know VR where you put the goggles on and you're in this immersive world. Yep. And it's certainly come a long way. Uh, you know, there was a when I was a kid, I went to Epcot Center in the, the early 90s. Yeah. And they, they had a, a demo of a, a, like an Aladdin game where you kind of put it on and it took you through a thing. Now, that was uh, very, very crude, you know, at the time. But we still haven't hit, you know, when we were just talking about this earlier, where, you know, you have these, you know, football games like, you know, Madden 22, where it half looks like you're on the field, you know, while you're playing. This is a a lot more crude, a lot more rudimentary than that. It's a lot more like, you know, kind of the old, uh, when they had the Nintendo Wii, where you had the kind of bobblehead figures, and they were there, and you're moving around, but you would never be convinced that you were, you know, actually standing in a tennis stadium or something of that nature. So it's a little bit more, uh, you know, kind of in between the two there, and and where uh, where the metaverse concept is going. Because right now, when you when you log in, you know, it's kind of like uh, you know you're looking at uh, it's still a screen, you know, that that you're looking at through the, these lenses, and when you, you can look around for sure, but you're still looking at kind of a static storefront. I almost think if you're looking at like your Windows, or your Mac interface, mm-hmm. and you can just kind of turn your head around it, yep. and you pick something, and then it pulls some things up. Still very cool. But, uh, you know, we're, we're a long ways away from that being immersive to the point where you would confuse it for reality or anything. But where there's where there's cool things with that, you know, that are potential. So they already have like virtual tours of things like museums and things where you can go. Now, you'd much rather be staring at an actual Rembrandt than, right. you know, a sort of a little grainier pixelized version. But it does give you the ability to do that and, you know, kind of tour some some different areas, a lot of parks and things like that, uh, you know, worldwide have put some content on there for to, to look at. Um, but uh, the the actual, you know, creating uh, there, there has yet to actually be a metaverse app. It mm-hmm. hasn't even been created yet hmm. from Facebook. So they're working. They're spending billions in development on it, much wow. to the chagrin of some of the investors out there. Yeah. Um, but uh, but, you know, Mark Zuckerberg is a, he's definitely a futurist. He's a he's a, a, a what I would call, you know, some people call it transhumanism. Because he thinks, you know, he's a code guy. He always thinks in code. He's been a nerd his whole life. Right. He spends the majority of in front of a computer or dealing with digital life. 
I think that sometimes people like that can have an outsized view of how much the average person is digitally involved. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I get it. Yeah, because they're 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 more immersed in it, and that's their deal. You know, it's not like it's not like uh, you know the, the opposite of that would be the outdoorsman that doesn't do a thing on a computer device. He's an old school outdoorsman, fisherman, hunter. My my dad had a flip phone until like three years ago when <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and you know I got him a tablet, and he absolutely loves it. Um, but he still uses it for I get my news on there. So rather than reading the paper in the morning, you know, he goes on and gets news and he watches Netflix. Yeah. You know? But you would never confuse him with a technologist. You know, he right. He's he's still uh, you know a, a rugged outdoorsman uh, and uh, you know still loves woodworking and those things. And that's those types of things are not going to go away. The yeah. I, the idea or the fear that that's being sold from some of the people who are you know. What are they going to do? It's it it, it, there, it may be that you know, especially something like a car dealership. How cool would it be if you didn't have to go to the dealership? If you could actually go and they scan the car in, and you can kind of get a look at it. And you know, if there's a major dent in the side or something, it calls your attention to it, or you yeah. know, something of that nature. But they're always still going to have to sell the car, right? You know, well, why would you need a car if you're in the metaverse, man? Right, you just exactly. Hop on your magic portal and, and go wherever. Well, no, because you're still a real person, and you're going to need to get from place to place yeah. when you're, you know, going to work or you know doing what else you need to do. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. You know, I listen to a lot of these different podcasts. You know, Bannon's War Room and this, mm-hmm. but the transhumanism is one that gets a little bit scary because they're actually doing this in some countries. They're, sure, they're putting in chips. They're putting in, you know, and the, and their goal is to uh, literally, uh, you know, you know, they have. It, it, so it gets into the religious sure. sphere here, there, right? So some people believe in God. Some people mm-hmm. believe they are God, right? right? So you get these tech b- billionaires. They're like, oh, wow, we're, we're above, you know, we're not the average person. You know, we, we've got billions in the bank. So it gets into that whole thing where, you know, p- you know, people like me, they think that, you know, we have a belief that there is a God and, and sure. I'm not him. Right. But these other people do. Well, you know, there, there's been an issue with the ruling class, you know, mixing with religion for a very long time. And, and you yeah. know, technology is uh, something that is an addition to that. But I, I think it's, you know, a very much a parallel and entwined concept. But when it comes to transhumanism, I, I very much look at things as tools. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you wear a wristband, you know, a Fitbit or something like that, it, it's it, it's pulling information to, to tell you about yourself, you know, right. and, and uh, you know, as, as somebody who, you know, believes that you were created by God, why not do the most you can with that? You right. know, if there's some if there's some numbers that can make you a more effective human being and, you know, maybe, uh, you know, enhance your your God given abilities a little bit more to, to do what you were here to do on this earth in an even better way. Why not do that? Um, so, you know, as long as you're using them as tools and not as a, a replacement I think that's definitely. Uh, I, th- I think you can well, be very positive. I think that's where you go, thing. though. I think that's where the next step is. It's it's transhumanism 2.0, human being 2.0. So, in other words, if they're doing it in California and we're mm-hmm. not doing it in in small town Tampa Bay or Florida here, sure. then they're going to have a competitive advantage and they're going to make the money. We're going to lose the client, etc. So there, there there may be some of that, but if you if you also look at just what diet does, so just just even you know I, I always say. You can't just look at the shiny, worrying objects and say that's technology. Uh, I look at protein powder as a mm-hmm. technology. Yep. You know, the, 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 all these things. Um, you know, the, so they're all there. We've all been using them for a long time. I, I think that there is a, a. We're very, very far away. If if that if it will ever even be truly possible from for say taking yourself and put yourself in some sort of cyborg or you know something of that nature, mm-hmm. that's uh that that requires such a far technological leap. Despite yeah. what everybody says, yeah, uh, you know I don't say everybody. Despite what a lot of the um, I will say pie in the sky 
uh, right. technology enthusiast will right. tell you. Uh, no, you're not putting your brain in, in a robot or a computer anytime soon. Our brains are so much more powerful than even the most powerful quantum computers that they have today. Right. Uh, and and when will be, there, there's also a, a, a just a natural... Uh, I always think of things as sort of the sum of uh, greater than the sum of their parts when it comes to the just the human organism. Right. And our our lightning fast ability to move from one modality to the next. Sure. That thing might be able to beat me at chess, but I can go pull its plug out and it's not going to be able to plug itself back in. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So I win the next game. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You can win the next game. That's right. <laughs> uh, we're talking with Nate Ginter here on the Consumer Quarterback Show, Chief Technology Officer, VineIT.com. VineIT.com. Yeah, you know, I kind of go back to like, uh, you know, I was, I, I remember watching the, uh, uh, the Elon Musk interview with uh, Rogan, and he was talking about mm-hmm. AI, and he was he was literally like concerned with it. He was scared that the government is not putting things in place. So, so with AI, I, I think there are some legitimate concerns about building what I, and what I consider to be AI is a uh, self learning and self adapting piece of code. Exactly. Yeah. So that that is something that, that can be very dangerous. I don't know. It's it's much like, you know, people when they were doing research on nuclear technology and everybody was racing for the bomb. There's no real way to stop people from doing research. I mean, you know, Oppenheimer, sure, he moved a lot faster because he had, you know, 100 people on staff and an unlimited budget. But he was just a guy. It, it wasn't like, you know, it took the whole United States military to manufacture that weapon. It took, you know, basically 100 researchers. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, there's going to be a kid that, that invents something. Uh, the, the concern is that, you know, that if there is some sort of grand, again, it's, it's a lot like, you know, I, I always go back to we still don't know a lot of what happens at the bottom of the ocean, you know, because it's so right, hard to research point. down there. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the, we, we are further away from a lot of things. You know, we know more about what happens on the moon than we do what happens on the surface of our very planet. Yeah. Um, so the, there's there's things that, uh, you know, when you hear somebody like Elon Musk, again, he's in his head all day long, you know, thinking about these things. And and he's inventing like a sci fi writer, the worst case scenario. By the way, we're now well past the date that Skynet was supposed to take over in the Terminator movie from okay. the 80s. Good, good. So okay. uh, we, we, don't, we still don't have self-driving cars, let alone robots that are you know capable of a military invasion. Yeah, like iRobot, too, with that Will Smith. Yeah, Absolutely. Exactly. Not a bad one. All right, good stuff, Nate. Thanks for coming in. Reach hey. out to Nate. Find him online, vineit.com, vineit.com. Another great show. I want to thank Millie Thanison, attorney Millie Thanison, on the show. And we want you to please go out there and consider committing a random act of kindness. Do something being kind for one another, be a force for good in the community. We'll see you next time right here on the Consumer Quarterback Show at ConsumerQB.com. You've been listening to the Consumer Quarterback, Brandon Rhymes. Whether it's real estate, consumer, or financial advice, let Brandon call your next play. Call Brandon Rhymes at 813-917-1894. That's 813-917-1894. Online at ConsumerQB.com. And join us next time for the Consumer Quarterback Show.